Nothing beats a good old football Friday. Happy football Friday to you and yours. Thanks for joining us as always. It is very much appreciated. Nick Cattle Show, Apple Pod, Spotify, and YouTube. And of course, today's show, 99% of it is going to be all Cowboys versus Patriots as we get you ready for the game on Sunday. Before we get into that, though, shout out to Christian Gonzalez. He has been tremendous the first three weeks of this season. We talked about that earlier this week. And yesterday he was named the NFL Defensive Rookie of the Month. And really the hype around Gonzalez's game is building and building and building throughout the country. A lot of coaches, a lot of talking heads bringing up Gonzalez. He has been excellent. Hopefully that continues this weekend as we will see him, I'm sure, against CeeDee Lamb a number of times in this football game. All right, let's start with the Patriots' offense versus the Cowboys' defense. And the biggest question for the Patriots this week is a question we've asked multiple times this year already. Will the Patriots be able to run the football? Will they run the football against this Cowboys' defense? And will they be able to run consistently against this Cowboys' defensive front? The second half of the Jets game, I thought you saw – the best run attack of the Patriots this season so far. The offensive line was actually getting some push into the second level. Running backs were given some space. Zeke Elliott showed some burst. That second half of the Jets game, if they can run the football that effectively on Sunday, they will absolutely have a chance to win this game. And as I said, I said this a week or two ago, before you know it started to really pick up steam that the Patriots had a chance in this game, they could keep it close. A couple of weeks ago, a lot of people, we're saying, oh, man, that Cowboys game, that's a loss. They were treating it as an automatic loss. And I said on the podcast, I was not going to treat this game as an automatic loss. I, I was leaning Dallas at the time. But there are some things the Patriots can do, and they can absolutely keep this game close, and it begins with that run game, pushing the defensive front of the Cowboys. The Cowboys, you know, they don't have the biggest interior defensive line. And some of that defensive line was exposed last week against Arizona. The Patriots should be able to utilize their interior offensive line and create some room for these running backs in between the tackles. I think you'll see some of that. And of course, if you can run the football, we've talked about this, it opens up the play action. It's not a coincidence that last week your run game was effective and you were playing more under center. And then we saw more play action last week than we had seen the first couple of weeks in totality of the season versus the Eagles and the Dolphins. It's not a coincidence. So can you run the football? Are you going to be able to impose your will up front? It's a big question because if you get that run game going, it opens up everything else, including, of course, the passing game. Now, looking at Mac Jones in this passing attack going against this Cowboys secondary, the first thing we've got to talk about, no Trayvon Diggs. He's done for the season, tore his ACL in practice, and that's a big deal because Diggs is no doubt a shutdown corner. He's really good. You go back a couple of years ago, he was more of a playmaker, more of a ball hawk, but he'd give up some big plays. He has improved steadily throughout his NFL career, and he is now a true CB1, a guy who can shut down a lot of receivers throughout the league. So the fact that the Cowboys don't have him to lean on, that impacts the secondary. They got Stephon Gilmore, and Gilmore is still good, but Gilmore's not prime Gilmore. Gilmore's not the guy that we saw in New England. He's just not that guy anymore. Still good, but I, I wouldn't say very good or great against some weapons, quote unquote, some guys that might not be great receivers. He's going to look better, hint, hint, but he's not the same guy. 
And so when you look at what Dallas does defensively, now Dan Quinn's a very good defensive coach, no doubt about that. He's done a great job in Dallas. Dallas loves to play man coverage. As a matter of fact, when you look at the analytics, Dallas is number one in the league deploying man coverage. They play man over 40% of the time, which is a pretty big number. And I don't think they're going to change what they do. I think you're going to see man coverage. Now, this begs the question, can that secondary be on the same page? Because last week against Arizona, they weren't on the same page. They had some breakdowns in the secondary. And you saw some coverage busts, lack of communication, guys not really knowing where they're supposed to be. Have the Cowboys been able to straighten all of that out in the last week? Maybe. But I would anticipate them having some issues in communication and making sure that you know player X knows what player Y is doing on the back end. So I anticipate them to play man coverage because they do a lot of that. But without Trayvon Diggs, I do think there's going to be some openings for the Patriots offense. And of course, you're familiar with Stephon Gilmore if you're Bill Belichick. You know what Gilmore does well. You know what Gilmore doesn't do so well. You know what makes him uncomfortable. So that, I'm sure, will play a part in this. And I would I would expect Bill O'Brien to call lots of bunch formations. And lots, that's a relative term. But remember back to the Philly game? Week one against the Eagles. Eagles played man coverage. And what you saw at times was those bunch formations from O'Brien. And so, you know, they don't always play man because, you know, Sean Desai's system is Sean Desai's system. But when the Eagles played some man, you saw some bunch. So I think you'll see bunch formations against this Dallas defense as they play man coverage, especially if they pay man press coverage, which is what they'll probably do. So get ready for some games from O'Brien. Not only bunch formations, but you'll see some things. You'll see some manipulation pre-snap. You'll have crossers. You'll have rub routes. All of those kinds of things to try to beat man coverage. You will see that from the Patriots on Sunday. O'Brien will have a plan. Not telling you it's going to be a working plan for all four quarters, but I do think Bill O'Brien will see the weaknesses from the tape last week against Arizona, and he will implement some of that misdirection, and he will implement some of those rub routes and the bunch formations. Now, it doesn't matter what Bill O'Brien does if the pass protection sucks. And that's going to be numero uno when we talk about Micah Parsons and this pass rush for the Cowboys. What did Parsons do the last time he played the Patriots back in 2021? He was quiet. Parsons blitzed. 10 times against the Patriots. His statistics on that Sunday, he had zero sacks, zero tackles for loss. He did not register a single hit on the quarterback, and he had zero pressures. So the first time around, Belichick and company erased Micah Parsons from that game. No pressures, no hits, no tackles for loss, no sacks. And that's with blitzing 10 times pinning the ears back and going after Mac Jones. So Belichick was highly effective, along with Josh McDaniels, in really taking Parsons out of the game. Now, does that mean it's going to happen on Sunday? Not necessarily. I mean, Belichick's calling card is take the best defender and be able to at least limit that guy. Do I think the Patriots will at least limit Parsons? I think they'll try. The problem is, is the offensive line especially when you have a couple of weak links in pass protection. You know, Cole Strange, we've talked about him. Is he going to start 
or is Antonio Maffi going to play for him? Because what the Cowboys will do is they'll say, <laughs> we love moving Micah around. And if you think Cole Strange is going to block Micah Parsons, good luck. And they'll try to push him on the outside on the right side against Vidarian Lowe, who gave up a number of pressures last week. Now, of course, the Pats will be able to try to help those two guys. It'll be upon David Andrews and Trent Brown to help out Strange. If Strange is the guy, if it's Mafi, Mafi's going to need help. It's not like he's a massive upgrade over Strange. And they'll be able to use Owenu to try to help Lowe on the right side as well. But Dallas will move him around. They'll play some games. They'll try to get great matchups. The offensive line in a couple of spots could create issues for Mack and company. We've seen it before this season, and I'm sure we're going to see it at least a few times on Sunday. And Mike is better now. I mean, you go back 2021, that's his rookie season. He's a different guy. He's better. He's improved. But do I have confidence that Belichick won't allow Parsons to completely take the game over? As long as the guys up front follow direction, and as long as those guys are on the same page, we talked about the Dallas secondary being on the same page, your big boys up front have to be on the same page. If that is the case, I do think the Patriots will have a game plan for Parsons and they will limit him to a point. But the reference point, I gave it to you. Last year, you know, Parsons really blossomed. He is seen now as the, the best defensive player by many in the game. But back in 2021, Belichick and the Pats had a lot of success in taking him out of the game. If they do 85%, 90% of that on Sunday, you're in good shape. Some other numbers for you. Dallas is first in the NFL in pressure percentage. So they're getting a lot of pressure on the quarterback this year. Now, some of that has to do with the offensive lines they've played against, which I'll get to in a minute, but they're getting pressure on the quarterback, number one in the league. And if you think that it's because, you know, these, these teams are playing, they're taking too long to throw the football. And these are coverage sacks because you had digs for the first couple of weeks and because the secondary makes plays and all those things. Not necessarily because not only are the Cowboys first in the NFL in pressure, they're also first in the NFL in quick pressure percentage. They're not only getting after the quarterback, they're getting after the quarterback quickly. So this is going to be a broken record. But Mac Jones is going to have to get rid of the football quickly, especially if he has some of that offensive line breaking down in front of him. Dallas gets to the quarterback, and they get to the quarterback fast. And, of course, that has to do with Micah Parsons, a big part of that. Now, the offensive lines Dallas has played against, not very good. And Earlier in the week, we went through the you know composite rankings of offensive lines. You take the SIS, and you take the PFF, and all those acronyms, ESPNs, pass block, win rate, and you put all of those together for a composite ranking. When you look at the pass protection composite rankings of the teams that the Cowboys have played, they're not good. The Giants, 27th in pass protection. The Jets, we talked about this, dead ass last. The Jets are the only team that have been worse at protecting the quarterback than your New England Patriots. So you had the Giants at 27, you had the Jets at 32, and Arizona is better, but Arizona is still ranked 20th. So not great. And you could say, well, Dallas has feasted on some bad offensive line play. And yes, they have. Here's the unfortunate part. The Patriots, as I just mentioned, 
have had bad offensive line play. Their pass protection has been bad. Composite ranking, 31st in the league. The only team worse, as I said, the Jets. The Patriots have given up the fourth most pressures in football. And if you say, oh, that's because Mac Jones is throwing the football a ton, especially the first two weeks, not as much last week, but the first two weeks, he led the league in pass attempts. Yes, that's true. And the more you drop back, the more you are susceptible to be pressured. However, what I would say to that is that the offensive line for the Pats, they have the eighth worst percentage slash rate when it comes to giving up pressure. So it's not just that they've given up the fourth most pressures in the league. The percentage of dropbacks, the percentage of pressures compared to the dropbacks, eighth worst in the league. So they're just giving up heat to Mac Jones. And they did that last week. The offensive line played better, but that that was really in the run game. Now, Trent Brown and David Andrews were terrific in run game and pass protection. But the rest of that O-line, again, Mac was pressured. He's been pressured, I think, on more than a third of his dropbacks this year. That's way too many. Tied for first in the most hurries given up. So pressures and hurries. Can Cole Strange slash Antonio Maffi and Vidarian Lowe step up in the pass protection game? Huge question. Here's one more thing before we jump to the Patriots defense against this Cowboys offense. Strange might sit. He might sit. It's, you know, could be a health situation. It could be just a level of play situation. He could sit. But what the Cowboys do to get pressure on quarterbacks a lot is they stunt. They run a lot of stunts from their pass rushers. They play games. They like to mess around with offensive lines. And so when you look at where the Patriots have struggled, especially in the interior offensive line, giving up heat up the middle, Cole Strange, where they have struggled is against stunts. They have not communicated well enough. And so Dallas is number one in the NFL in running stunts. So they're going to play games. They're going to try to manipulate things up front. And the O-line has to be ready for that. They have to communicate and they have to play at a high level. Nick Cattle Show here, Apple Pods, Spotify. Also, don't forget YouTube. We love every single one of your comments and the likes, the thumbs up. If you're watching this and you like what you're watching slash listening to, all you've got to do is just go down to that thumbs up and like it. And that would be great for us because more likes means more eyeballs. And we're trying to play this algorithm game against YouTube. So comments, likes, all of that. Also rate, review, Apple Pods, Spotify, all of those things help us out. All right, let's jump to the defensive side of the football now for the Patriots. And what does this Cowboys offense do? Uh, First and foremost, offensive line. It sounds like the Cowboys are getting healthier. I don't know if they're playing games or not, but Zach Martin and Tyler Biadish, They both returned to practice yesterday on a limited basis. Tyron Smith, their left tackle, did not return to practice. So if you're just trying to guess, it seems like Smith will be out on Sunday, which will hurt them because he's good when he plays. And who knows what's going to happen with Martin and Biotish. You know, they might play. They might not play. They might play but rotate a lot, not play the majority of the snaps but they do seem to be getting healthier up front. And part of that hurt them last week, but not as bad as people want to lead you to believe. You know, the Cowboys offensive line, they were without those three starters last week, but they still ran the football effectively and they still moved the football effectively. 
the biggest problem for the Cowboys last week really was their ineffectiveness in the red zone, which is something that we pounded yesterday on the podcast. If you want to listen to it, go back and listen to it. We did a good five to eight minutes on the Cowboys red zone offense and some of the issues and some crazy numbers from those issues. You want to check that out. But that was really the bigger problem last week. They moved the ball, got to the red zone, did not finish those drives enough. So that was a problem. Just like the Patriots want to establish the run, guess what? The Cowboys want to establish the run. And so this is a very big week for your defensive line and your linebackers. Tavai, Bentley, Barmore. One big question is Devon Gotchow. He was out on the practice field yesterday. He was limited. Is Gotchow going to play? If he does play, how much is he going to play? It, it might sound like a small thing, but Gotchow is pretty much your best option to slow down that run game in the middle of your D-line. So if Godchow doesn't play, that will impact this game. You'll have to rely on Lawrence Guy more. I think you might move, you know, Dietrich Wise more towards the middle at times. But you, you do need Godchow to be at your best in this specific game, in a game like this, just like last week. Run, 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 run. Now, of course, Dak is much better than Zach Wilson, but you get the point. There's been a change in Dallas, and it's a big change. Mike McCarthy, obviously, has been head coach the last few years in Dallas, but he took over the play calling. And, you know, if you look at what Kellen Moore had done with this offense, they put up yards, they scored points. Moore had some pre-snap motion happening. More of an evolved offensive look. McCarthy's McCarthy. West Coast offense, run the football. He loves to run. And I was watching the Cowboys I don't know if it was last week or the week before, and they had talked about on the broadcast that they spoke with Dak Prescott, and Dak said that as far as what he understood, one of the reasons why they moved away from Moore and McCarthy took over the play calling is because McCarthy wanted to play with less risk. Dak turned the football over a bunch last year, and so the thought process was let's tone it down. Let's calm the quarterback down. Let's not take as much risk. Let's play a little bit more conservative. And so that's the plan. Or at least that's been the plan. Will they change things up dramatically on Sunday? I guess there's a shot. But McCarthy is McCarthy. He's not a risky play caller. You're going to see a lot of short, intermediate routes, slants, and those kinds of things. You're going to see a lot of run game. That, that's what this offense does. Low risk. McCarthy loves to run. couple of stats for you. The Cowboys are fourth in the NFL in run play percentage. They are second in rushes per game. Dallas has run the ball almost 36 times per game this year. It's 2023, and they're running the ball 36 times a game. Now, yes, the first two weeks were blowouts, but again, this is what McCarthy does, and I'll have some anecdotes for you in a minute to prove it. But when you look at what they want to do, they want to run the football. That's what McCarthy wants to do, proven by the numbers. 29th in pass play percentage. They're not putting these games in the hands of Dak Prescott. They want to put less on Dak, make sure that he doesn't turn the football over as much as he did a year ago, run the ball, play it safe, and then hopefully, for their sake, finish more drives. Now, with that style of play, 
because McCarthy runs the ball 36 times a week. The Cowboys have to rely on long drives. Very, very similar to the Patriots. The Patriots, they lack explosive plays. We've talked about that, right? Didn't have a great run game the first couple of weeks. Better in the second half last week. And much like the Patriots, the Patriots have to usually depend on long drives. Seven play drives, eight play drives, ten play drives. Cowboys, same way. They have to depend on long drives. Death by a thousand paper cuts. They want to inch their way down the field. They're fine with four or five yards at a time. They're okay with that. That's what they do. Against the Cardinals, the Cowboys had an eight-play drive. They had a 12-play drive. The Cowboys against the Cardinals last week, they had a 13-play drive in that football game in 2023. And not only does McCarthy love to run the football, because of that, he also tends to be very predictable. Early downs, the predictability is high from this Dallas offense. Now, again, maybe they change things up, but we can only go off of what we've seen. And what McCarthy does is he runs the football on first and second down. That's the calling card. Here's some drives last week, okay? I just mentioned the eight-play drive, 12-play drive, 13-play drive. Here's an example of how Dallas runs their offense, literally runs their offense. On that eight-play drive, Arizona was facing six first or second downs, okay? So Dallas had six first or second down play calls on that eight-play drive. They threw it twice out of those six times. On the 12-play drive, there were nine plays that were either run on first or second down. Guess how many times they threw the football? Twice. And then once it became first and goal on that drive, guess what they did on first and second down? They ran the ball. First and goal, first and second down runs, third down pass was incomplete, kicked the field goal. Finally, that 13-play drive that I mentioned, the Cowboys had 11 first and second down plays during that drive. Only five were pass plays. A little bit better, right? Five to six, but still running the football more on first and second down. They got to first and goal. I bet you you could guess what happened once they got to first and goal. First and goal, that 13-play drive. Pollard loses two yards. Second and goal, Pollard gains one yard. Third down, Dax picked off. Brutal. They run the football, and it's predictable. You limit the run, Dak's going to have to take over this game. Dax played relatively well against the Patriots in two starts. He has a, a quarterback passer rating over 91. It's 91.2. Dak is better when he's patient with the football. When he has time to throw, he, he, he does a little bit better of a job. If you, if you tell him to kind of, you know, take it easy, he has no problem doing that. So I wonder if we'll see the Patriots kind of go after Dak in this game and, and blitz him and, and try to speed up his clock, take away the first read and speed him up. Hopefully that leads to some mistakes because Dak will have the occasional brain fart, which, you know, leads you to, will the Patriots be able to get pressure on Dak? Dallas, their pass protection, third lowest pressure percentage. So they've been good. It's kind of a strength versus a strength. And of course, yes, they run the football a lot, which helps. But third lowest pressure percentage from that O-line in Dallas. But meanwhile, the Patriots, you know, they've been giving up tons of pressure offensively, but they've been getting tons of pressure defensively. Fifth in pressure percentage in the league. 
And I would think that the Patriots are going to blitz because they've blitzed a lot this year. They have blitzed the fourth most in the league. When you look at percentage of defensive snaps and how many times a team blitzes, Patriots are fourth, the fourth most. So they've blitzed. They blitzed a ton last week against Wilson. I think they'll blitz a decent amount against Dak on Sunday. And again, we talked about those red zone issues. Dallas is three for 11 the last two weeks. You want to check out yesterday's pod. We have all the details behind that. Spotify, Apple Pods, YouTube. We keep rolling along here. Patriots, Cowboys, what to expect on Sunday. I broke down offensively. I broke down defensively. Let's look at some notes from the last time these two teams met in 2021. Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald does great work. He posted on X. In 2021, this highlights the point that I made earlier about how Dallas loves playing man. They play the most man coverage in football. In 2021, this is crazy. In 2021, the Cowboys played cover one, which is man coverage. On 71% of the snaps. The last time these two teams played, the last time Mac Jones faced Dallas, Dallas was in man coverage 71% of the time. Dallas was telling Mac and telling the Patriots, your receivers can't beat us. We're going to play man coverage. We're going to press you at the line of scrimmage. And you are not going to be able to beat us consistently enough on the outside. We do not fear your wide receivers. Is there a reason for Dallas to play any differently this Sunday? I don't think so. Dallas is going to look at the receivers for Mac Jones and say, we don't believe your guys can beat man coverage enough to beat us in this game. We talked about it earlier in the week. The lack of separation against man coverage has been a big issue for years now. You can go back to Tom Brady's last year in 2019. So why would Dallas change anything? I don't think they're going to. Now, they might not play 71% of the snaps in man, but I would expect a high percentage. And O'Brien, I think, will know that going in. Here's another note from Andrew Callahan. The Patriots, they began the game in 2021 playing two-plus tight ends. 85% of the snaps on the first three drives. So the first three drives of that game in 2021, the Patriots, their clear plan was, we're going to go bully ball. We're going to run the football down your throat. We, We are going to run at you downhill over and over and over again. That was the plan. So I wonder, is this going to be a Farrow Brown game again? Because he's easily their best blocking tight end. Will we see more of Farrow Brown this weekend against Dallas? I think we will. I think you'll see some 13 personnel, those three tight end sets. And I think the Patriots are going to have a similar game plan this weekend of we are going to run the football. We are going to punch you in the mouth. Your interior defensive line isn't very big, isn't very physical. And we are going to force you to address that. And I think the Patriots will also run at Micah Parsons. Arizona ran at Parsons. Parsons is very aggressive. He wants to get to the quarterback. He wants to make plays in the backfield. Very, very aggressive. Athletic freak, very aggressive. And I would expect the Patriots and Bill O'Brien to use that aggressiveness against him. Take advantage of him being so fixated on getting after the quarterback at times and making plays in the backfield. Run the football at him. Throw some misdirection at him. I think you'll see that. The turnover game. Big. It's always big, but especially this weekend. Dallas is number one 
in the NFL when it comes to giveaway takeaway. They're plus six on the season. The Patriots, they were even last week, thankfully. But for the season, they're minus two. It's a big swing. Cowboys have taken care of the football. They've taken away the football. The Pats have turned the ball over too much. You have one or two turnovers in this game. Completely changes it on either side. Christian Gonzalez, how much will he play against CeeDee Lamb? I'm guessing a decent amount. Not a ton. He won't play 90%, but I think you'll see Gonzo on Lamb a decent amount. And I'm interested to see, you know, is Jonathan Jones out there this weekend? I'm interested to see how the other receivers react. If Gonzalez does defend C.D. Lamb more than he defends anybody else and he does a good job of limiting him, where do the Cowboys go in their pass game? They got Brandon Cooks. He's not the same guy. He's still good. He's not the same guy, though. And Jonathan Jones, against speed for speed, against Cooks, not a terrible matchup for the Patriots. And, of course, you got the Belichick versus McCarthy matchup, which I absolutely hands down give to Belichick. So, prediction time. Patriots are getting six and a half in this game. And I, I think the Patriots will cover. I think they will cover in this game. I don't think Dallas will win by a touchdown. So I think the, the Patriots cover that plus six and a half. Uh, here's the over under 43 and a half. Pretty tough. Pretty tough. I'm leaning the under because, again, Dallas loves to run the football. They want to run the football. I think the Patriots are going to want to run the football. Both teams, if their offense is working, both teams, if they're driving down the field, they're going to be long drives. You're not going to see these boom plays. You're not going to see these consistent chunk plays from either offense unless you know there's confusion in the secondary and all hell breaks loose. This is going to be a run-the-football don't take too many risks kind of game on each side. So I would lean with the under. Wouldn't bet the house on it, but I would lean towards the under. Feels like a tight game to me. And, you know, when you look at the offensive line of Dallas, if they have injuries, I would lean towards the Patriots. If Godchild's not playing, you lean towards the Cowboys. Now, I got to give you a prediction because that's what I do. So what I'll say is Patriots will cover. I would lean with the under. Literally, with the hook, I could see 23-20, that type of game. And I will pick Dallas. This game is winnable for the Patriots. Don't get it twisted. Would not be surprised whatsoever if the Patriots win on Sunday. It's absolutely winnable. But the reason why I'm picking the Cowboys is, A, it's in Dallas. B, the Cowboys do have more talent than the Patriots. C, the Cowboys should correct some of the mistakes they made last week, so I anticipate them being better. And D, here's the thing. The operation. I've seen too many penalties by the Patriots over the last couple of years. I've seen too many mistakes by the Patriots. To beat a good team on the road, they have to prove it to me that the operation can be clean that they won't shoot themselves in the damn foot. So I'm going Cowboys 23-20, but this is a winnable game for the Patriots. All right, before we bid you adieu, just one more note. I wanted to sprinkle in some Celtics here. Uh, it came out today in the Miami Herald that the Celtics are one of six preferred destinations for Drew Holiday. We talked about Holiday yesterday. Yes, I would go after Holiday 100%. I want him on the Celtics. I love this. You wake up, you see this. It's got to make you feel good that Holiday looks at the Celtics as a preferred destination. 
I, I want to add one more thing to my thought process yesterday as to why I would go after Holiday. Miami's going after him. And if Miami lands Holiday, Miami is better. That makes Miami even tougher. So now you're playing the game. If you add Holiday, I think it makes you better. I think it makes you the favorite in the East. It also keeps – you're playing keep away against Miami. You don't want Miami to get any better. You want Miami to be who they were last year. They've lost Truce. They've lost a couple of pieces. You want Miami to not be able to add a Drew Holiday to that team. So I love that idea. If not Holiday, what could happen? Well, Jared Weiss had a very interesting note today in The Athletic. The Clippers have continued to engage the Celtics in trade talks for Malcolm Brogdon throughout the offseason. That's according to sources. After a deal surrounding Brogdon and Porzingis fell just short of the finish line, the organization has worked to repair the relationship with Brogdon while continuing to explore trade options in case that bridge is too singed to be repaired. Red flag, red flag, red freaking flag. The Celtics are still discussing trading Brogdon because they're unsure whether or not they have burned the bridge. What? The trade happened in June. It's been three or four months since all of that played out. And you still don't know if Brogdon's with the program? You still don't know if this guy is going to buy in? Too much of a risk. If you don't trade for Holiday, Brogdon's a critical piece to this team. But if if you're so unsure about Brogdon buying in to the point where you're still talking to the Clippers because you think the, the bridge might have been burnt already, it's singed too badly, if that's the case, it's time to move Brogdon and bring another guard in. Whether it's Caruso in Chicago, will they be willing to do it? I don't know. But if, if you have those kinds of concerns at that level, three or four months after the trade talks, you have not been able to solve this Malcolm Brogdon problem yet. You're not confident on the precipice of media day that this guy isn't ready to be all in with you. That's a red flag. That is a major red flag. And I wonder if you don't trade for Holiday, do you get involved in a multi-team kind of deal and move Brogdon and bring somebody else back in? One of the teams that is a preferred destination for Holiday is the Bulls. So you've got the Clippers, you've got the Bulls, you've got the Celtics. They're all talking about Holiday. Is it possible the Celtics get involved and they don't get Holiday, but they move Brogdon and they bring back, let's say, Alex Caruso and Marcus Morris? Two grinded out, tough guys. Caruso's an excellent defender. Could they get involved in that multi-team deal? I think they could. And if they're still talking about Brogdon, I would not be surprised whatsoever if Malcolm Brogdon is gone. Because that is a huge red flag. Three, four months after talking trade, you're still talking trade because you're not so sold that this guy is in. All right, everybody enjoy football this weekend. Don't forget Spotify, Apple Pods, YouTube, comment. Give us those likes. Subscribe if you love what we do here. Even if you like what we do, subscribe. Give us that thumbs up. Always helps. Rate, review, all of those things also help. Enjoy your weekend. Be safe. Have some fun. And uh, aside from any kind of breaking news, we'll be back on Monday to review what happened on Sunday between the Cowboys and the Patriots.